been a while. You know, it's nice to to finally get back on the recording. Yeah, and eighties uh, we- wrestling, dude. I could talk about all day. Yeah, eighties wrestling. I think if we we focus between nineteen eighty and nineteen ninety, perfect. Full eighties, because mm. you you want to say that um, wrestling for me as a kid was um, so much fun. You know, to be to, to be able to watch on TV and right. and then you can kind of like you know as a five year old kid run around the house and act it out and of course. You know, hit your brother with a chair right. and right. And, like and those two fun- by fours like you always wanted to hit like yeah. But- that's- but there was a lot that went into getting it to that point because mm. res- wrestling wasn't a um, a very popular thing. Right. It wasn't a national thing, and sure. and at some point um, between eighty and eighty two, uh, the WWF at the time ended up being controlled by Vince McMahon Jr. Right. And you know his idea was let's make this less of a regional type of sport where you had like different leagues had, and yeah, areas had, regional had, areas right different territories right. he he wanted it he wanted it to be nationwide smart man brilliant and, and he kind of saw where it was going um in a way that all of the other people that controlled the other um you know territories didn't see right all right, so what he started doing is buying up territories and coming up with an idea of um, uh, having a one big event to kind of uh, really kind of kickstart wrestling being part of the you know mainstream the co- right? mainstream I mean, consciousness, sure. right? Yeah, like regular, like a like a, a mainstream entertainment entertainment yes. sport, whatever. So in 1985, March of 1985, was the first WrestleMania. And that mm-hmm. was the first thing to actually incorporate celebrities in with wrestling. Because that never happened before. And there, yeah. was, there was a build-up to this. Because a few years before, they were priming uh, Hulk Hogan. to, And he started like as a bad guy, right? right. And, and right. he started as a heel. Right. Uh, and then they, they turned him into a babyface. But when you first saw him, um, you know... That in something more than just the wrestling ring was in Rocky Three. So how, when WrestleMania Three was, I mean, Rocky Three came out in nineteen eighty three. Yeah, it, end of eighty two. Okay. So, so this was like a slow build up, but like people started to see Hulk Hogan for the first time. The ultimate uh, man versus yeah. the ultimate meatball. Meatball, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and great movie made, by the way. And, and they made him look even bigger than he yeah he was huge i mean he he, to stallone like it was like insane how they made him like so huge yeah and uh you know stallone you look at him and depending on how they film him Mm -hmm. sometimes he looks huge but like (laughs) if you you met him in real life you're like this is an average size guy is he Uh, really like how what how tall is he it's like five nine five ten okay and it's like regular height like yeah you know. there's nothing overly big about yeah. him and I mean, something right because sometimes they made him look huge and other times like if he's in rambo yeah he looks like he's a giant yeah but then when he's standing next to Thunderlips, he looks like a dwarf yeah <laughs> and, and you know what um another and and schwarzenegger is a master of that too really? he's not he's not as big as you think he is really but what the way they film him and who they put him next to mm-hmm. is is part of the whole persona yeah. the whole right. thing like, yeah. right so yeah going into uh wrestlemania one um right after that happened i started getting into it and yeah was, me too that's kind of like when i started too and that's by design because mm-hmm. at that point you started to uh they started to develop um uh, storylines that were kind of cartoonish right. right and it was meant to bring in children and a lot of the old school people didn't like this idea because now you had cartoonish figures wrestling with celebrities and it was uh, it, it was almost everything that um, old school wrestling wasn't. So right. a lot a lot of the the you know old school guys you know kind of looked down upon it. But the flip side, you now have a mass of children that are going to grow up with it, all right? And it was shown on uh, two networks on Saturday mornings. Yep. Um, plus, you had the Hulk Hogan cartoon. Yes. On Saturday morning, dude. I had. I was an owner, and you might have been too. Yeah. Hulkamania workout set. Did oh, you no. remember that? I, I was had not an owner. Yeah. I got, tell me about I it. got that. Yes, it was the Hulkamania workout set. It came with two dumbbells, 
right? Okay. That were like three pounds each. Yeah. Um, a, uh, a hand grip, a small hand grip, mm-hmm. uh, a, a jump rope. <laughs> <laughs> and I, there was one other thing. Oh, I think it was like a Hulkamania headband, right? Okay. Yeah. And so, like, I got the Hulkamania workout set. I think, I believe it was, I'm going to say it was 1985, right? Okay. Yeah. So it's like around 85. And I got it for I be- either my birthday mm-hmm. or Easter. But my birthday is always around Easter. So it might have been like, it was like, I remember getting it for, I, it was probably my, for Easter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, dude, I had the whole community workout set, dude. And I used to freaking use that thing, man. Like on mm-hmm. Saturday, I'd wake up and like want to be like Hulk Hogan. And, and you know, like, but it was funny because um, I, you know, everybody loved Hulk Hogan. Like, I mean, when yeah. you were a little kid, you know, but then I just, I loved the bad guys. Because they were so much fun, like it was, you know, like. See, I didn't, I didn't quite get. Well, you were younger than me. I was, know? I was a yeah. little younger than you. So right. when I was, a, when I was a kid, I liked all the good guys, all the way up till maybe I was like eleven, and then okay. some, something changed. Right. And then I started rooting only for the bad guys at that <laughs> point. And um, I remember my my dad used to watch wrestling with me a lot. Yeah, in the, my dad in the eighties, uh, and he would always root. Like if I was always rooting for the good guy, he was always rooting for demolition. You know, (laughs) underrated tag team, very Uh, underrated. Yeah, and a great, a great move, bro. Like remember the the, off the second rope with the elbow. Yeah, beautiful. But so in in WrestleMania one, part of the uh, the main event, you had Hulk Hogan and Mr. T were part were partnered up against uh, Roddy Piper. And Paul Orndorff, okay. Wow, now, that's right. Right. So it was a, it was a, a chaotic, great ma- main event. Rules were being broken the whole time. It was, awesome. it was it was pretty out of control and made Madison Square Garden go nuts. Awesome. And and the thing was, uh, Piper hated Mr. T in real life. Really? Yes. And there's there's a, a like a real feud because he felt that they brought Mr. T in kind of like as a gimmick and mr right. t mr t was like acting like he was a wrestler uh he pissed was, off piper because he was like and, i'm like actually a trained wrestler but piper put in the put in his dues for years gotcha. uh to to get to this point and they just picked a celebrity to yeah to like come in. what yeah like i've been, yeah, do, so, I've been going on the road and stuff for so there, there are certain parts of that sense. of that match like piper is actually like El- like really elbowing him in the face really? and stuff. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. So the feud kind of built up. So by the time WrestleMania two happened, um, which was in nineteen eighty six, they actually put um, a they made the two box each other. Yes, where, I remember it. I remember but, watching the, the yeah. But it was weird because they were wore boxing gloves that didn't have thumbs. I'm trying to remember that. Yeah. I, I don't remember that. But. I don't know why, but um but Piper, when I, I read his book, um, and he talks about like he's like yeah like we were really hitting each other. We did not like each other at all. Wow, and they, that's and they, and, uh, that was the last time I think uh, Mr. T really yeah, had any, anything Mr. to do T with. Mr. T had it. like two years, the early those early WrestleMania, and then he was done. And then he yeah. was then he was out. Um, but and those two never became friends, and they hated each wow. other. I bet you didn't know that. No, I never knew that. That's yeah. awesome. So Clubber when. Lang. <laughs> yeah, and around that time, I'm watching uh, the the Hulk Hogan cartoon. Yes, and, and uh, that was really my first introduction to it because we didn't quite. We started hearing about wrestling, and I started to see it on Saturday mornings. It was great because it was on. Uh, I think I, we went from twelve to one. Yeah, and it and was like twelve flip. to one. It might have been one thirty actually. Yeah, and you see, you can flip between Channel Five yes. and you and USA because USA had all American wrestling. And Channel Five had superstars of wrestling. See, I didn't have you. I didn't have cable. Oh, okay. So we didn't have cable. We didn't get cable in my neighborhood yeah. until I was like in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. So all I had was the basic channels. But I remember watching. It was W. Was WWF Superstars, right? Superstars is Channel Five. Yeah, yeah and then. Later in the evening on Saturdays, you remember oh, yeah. that WWF Challenge wasn't it called oh, WWF Challenge? Or no, I, there was a there was a few things they had in the evening. So, right. uh, uh, like once every I don't know, like month or two, instead of having a Saturday Night Live right. uh, re- rerun, they would was they would Saturday do Saturday Night's main event, Saturday, which was the best yes. thing, dude. That was Sa- the best. 
because they because they had like four matches, right? And right. it was it was condensed, but it was all good stuff. When you watched um, Superstars of Wrestling or or All American Wrestling, most of the matches you're watching are your um you know your big heel or your big baby face versus like a schlep that they just yeah, beat yeah, up off the street, and then. And there was no, there was you know, no like excitement matches. Yeah, there was. Yeah. They, the way they did it was and everyone I remember, every Saturday they would have like one main yes, event match, one, but yes. all the other ones it was like it was a they, guy. They, they wheel out the Brooklyn Brawler. You right. know? <laughs> it wasn't even the best of their stars. It was like no, it was like the second mid level, and then it was against some heel, yeah. and then and they would always have there would always be one that was like a good tag team matchup yeah. or something. But they never had like I remember, and and this is one thing that always stood out to me. So there was the superstars of wrestling, which we're talking about, right? Yeah. Then there was that's why I said there was one on Friday, um, no, on Saturday mornings, right? And then there was Saturday evenings, which was like called WWF Challenge on Channel Five. So that was like for a year or two. Okay, and maybe I don't couple, remember that. Yeah, and so I loved it because it was on Saturday mornings, and then it was on about it was I'm gonna say it was about six o'clock on Saturday like evening. Right, mm-hmm. like a really weird time, and they would. It was very similar to the morning show. So they would have, and those matches were a little bit better, right? Mm-hmm. But they weren't like Friday nights, uh, Saturday nights main event. Like Saturday nights yeah. main event was like was big. And the thing was, they had. Um, I remember if you're gonna fast forward a couple of years, I mean we'll go back, but yeah, I remember being happy because on one of them, a couple of years in. So I'm gonna say maybe '87 now, maybe even '88. Perfect. There was a tag team championship match on f- the, at the five o'clock one, and it okay. was actually, or it might have been in the morning one, but no, it was the morning one, and it was the 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 um the Heart Foundation, mm-hmm. and they actually uh, no, it was the can not the Can Am Connection, but it was the what was the one after them, the the Strike Force, Strike Force, okay. no Strike Force, was that a. Tito Santana and, and Rick, Rick Martel. Martel. And they yeah. actually won the tag team title on that show. That's amazing because they never, on they those never shows, they it. never had uh, titles. And, it was the all, and I remember thinking, because I remember watching it and it was like Strike Force. And they were like, a, they would, Strike Force was new. Uh-huh. So, and it was against, I believe it was against the Heart Foundation. And they, they actually beat them. And I remember calling my friend Peter. To say like, are you watching this? Because like, this never happens. Because mm. it was like, and they want, and they wound up losing back to like Hard Foundation. Maybe like three months later, mm-hmm. maybe six months later. But it was like, I guess they wanted to like get them known because it was like, you know, like, and they so, and it was actually they won. And I was like, no way they're gonna win. I was like, okay, so you want Tito Santana because you like Tito Santana and Rick Martel, you know, whatever. You're like, oh, these are good wrestlers, but they're not gonna beat the Hard Foundation. You know, you're like, you know, you're watching it. It'll be like close and then they'll try to pin him. And then like Jimmy Hart will hit with the megaphone and like nobody will notice. And then it'll all be, you know, like it was yeah. going to be one of those. And you just assume that's what it was. And then then Strikeforce actually like completed the move and like pinned them. And it's like, no way. They just won the tag team title. But <laughs> it never. I remember being a little kid and being like super excited because mm-hmm. they never had that on that show. And it was yeah. like that always stood out to me. And then they lost like a few months later. But it was yeah, I remember that was like one of my memories of that. They had uh, Tuesday Night Titans that was on for a little bit, and then eventually they went with a Monday Night Show, which was primetime wrestling. Yes, and that, and that was uh, Gorilla Monsoon and yes. Bobby Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan. And Bobby Heenan is a genius. But like, wasn't that um, was that on cable? Was that on MSG? Um, no, was that was the one that was on MSG. There was one on MSG. That I never, oh. I only saw it when I was at my, like, I got to somebody's um, house and M- it's like, Rrr. MSG actually used to have an occasional live match, like yeah. a li- live night at Madison Square Garden. Okay. So, any, so they used to That's actually, what I'm thinking of. Yeah. they used to tape their live events uh, and show it a couple times a year. This wasn't like a regular thing. Okay. And, and it was a lot of fun because you, it was they were like not, good matches. They were good matches. It wasn't overly produced because it was just like, this was just the show that, that happened a month ago. Um, but those, those were all good, uh, matches to watch and, uh, you know, having, um, Bobby the Brain Heenan, uh, coming into wrestling around 1987 is a big deal because they, they looped that in with him brainwashing Andre the Giant to start (laughs) that, that, that big feud between him and Hogan. Now, Andre 
I don't think he had ever lost before. No, and, he never lost. And and he he was at the end of his career. Yeah. And his he had so many back surgeries um and and back problems and knee problems that he couldn't couldn't go anymore. And Vince McMahon actually talked him into having another back surgery that might be able to um help him be a Correct little more, more more pain-free and it took a lot of convincing cuz he was a very stubborn man, very okay. proud very proud man. And yes. uh, they they gave him surgery, which actually added like five more years to his career. And after that surgery, he felt so good that he's like, "Let's do this." And he and, made big money, I'm sure, because he, you know, that that W that um, WrestleMania was like the huge. That that would that would that was big. Now um, he was one of those guys that could actually weave in and out of territories mm-hmm. because he was a main event in itself. So he's right. like he was kind of like. A double main event. You didn't actually have to have him get any type of title for him to be uh, a big deal and okay. and a, mar- a marquee. Yeah, name. he was because he was he was a huge star anyway. Yeah, like and, I remember and, that because when you saw Andre, it was like a big deal. Yeah, and and he used to, he used to actually go to different territories. And they, he was allowed to do this. Really? Uh, yeah, because it was it was kind of hard to have him around all the time. The the mystique of him is that like. He's he's there. He wins. He wins a couple big matches, and then right. he kind of disappears Gone. in the background. And then he shows up again. He's the giant, you know. Yeah, like, dude. He's like he's like Snuffleupagus, dude. On yeah. that's what he was. He was like the wrestling version of Snuffleupagus. <laughs> yeah. So 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 he never put anyone over um, to 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 kind of boost new talent, and it was right. a big deal for him to have uh, Hogan let Hogan slam him and win that match. And Hogan was scared to death because he, because he he was very capable of hurting other wrestlers. And if he didn't right. like someone he was wrestling with, he would hurt them. Mm-hmm. And and they would get because he was so much physically stronger and bigger than 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 everyone else. This guy was five hundred pounds. Jesus um, yeah, and uh, so like if he liked you, you would leave the ring. You know, maybe maybe a little beat up, but not too bad. He didn't right. like you. You would never go back in that ring again with him. Wow, but, that's so, amazing. So for him to actually say, "All right, let's do this," I'll you know I'll put you over, and then then finally was like, "All right, you know, slam me." That was a big deal. Um, yeah. And uh, from that point on, um, that didn't made, it dis- oh, didn't Hogan need back surgery after that? Like, didn't it, like destroy his back or something like that? I've heard. I I heard that too, but I actually think that that was just uh, a rumor. I think okay. uh, I think he pulled some muscles in his back, but I don't think that it 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 hurt him that badly. Um, so, you know, that, that actually propelled wrestling into the next stratosphere because you had, you know, you had the WrestleMania one, WrestleMania two, I feel like was kind of a a letdown because they had it in multiple places. That was in Pontiac Silverdome. Was that Uh, the Pontiac? No, no. Uh, they actually, that was WrestleMania three actually. Yeah. WrestleMania three was Pontiac Silverdome 90,000, which was a record that's been for a while. But um, the uh, WrestleMania two actually took place at um, that both Nassau Coliseum. Um, it took place in Chicago, and oh, uh, that's the one that was and, in the three places. Yeah, and um, L.A. Sports Arena. That's and, that's you know what? That's the one I remember the most. That that was my first memory of WrestleMania because I, I WrestleMania one I watched. See, I didn't see it. I, I might have seen it live, but I don't remember. I know I watched it because I rented it, like from the, you know, because I was like so into it. By by two, I was like so into it. So I went back and watched one, and yeah. but two I remember because it was in three spots. That was a big yeah. deal. And they did like closed circuit TV. So closed you would go circuit TV. Yep. You can go to the movie theater and yep. see and see this thing because they used to kind of do that kind of stuff. And um, you know, it, but it, I felt like it was kind of a letdown because the matches weren't. Weren't they weren't as they weren't as yeah. good, and the main match you were going against King Kong Bundy, who was a big man, but right. he had no charisma, right? right. He's, yeah, he's he's just a, a big, he had no just, skills, really. He's just a big dude. Big, um, yeah. yeah. So, um, so going to WrestleMania three, that paid off straight through. All right, that was yeah. that was a big money win. Um, WrestleMania four is where I really start getting into it big time. Where and was that, WrestleMania four? WrestleMania four, Trump Plaza, Atlantic uh, City. Okay, and, that's I remember. Okay. Oh, Trump Plaza. That's all they talked about. Yeah, month. and uh, they that that was the one where um, the title was now up for grabs, and they had yes. a tour- tournament. The tournament that that yes. was an awesome one, dude. That that's was. when Macho Man won, right? 
Yes. That, yes. That was awesome. And um, and that's when uh, Million Dollar Man really started making a name for himself. Yes. And who is another genius and legend, um, and one of my favorites of all time. I saw him at Comic Con uh, yeah. two or three years ago, uh-huh. and but it was like. I didn't realize he was because you know you when you go to Comic Con you just walk around everywhere and I didn't realize that and you just see tables and you know and then I saw um, Ted DiBiase mm-hmm. and he looked great and then he was standing right there I was like it was like twenty five dollars for his autograph or something I was like I wasn't getting it yeah. so I was like I'm not waiting online for this so I just happened to be standing there I saw him and then I saw right after that he left and Jimmy Hart was there and I saw okay. Jimmy Hart and he actually looked at me and I took and I said Jimmy and he turned around and looked at me and like pointed at me. And mm-hmm. I took a picture of him because <laughs> Jim- I didn't pay for his tickets either. I was like, <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Hart um, was instrumental in uh, how you perceived wrestling as a child, meaning he w- he actually came from a real music background. Yes, he, yes. And, and he created all of those um, all the almost all the yeah, music that rock that and roll you, hits. So. Yeah. But like all of the music that you've heard in wrestling, right. like 75 percent of that was recorded by him. That's and awesome. he he actually had a number one hit in the I think the late fifties early sixties. Yeah, I keep on dancing. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, because you know how I knew that was my dad kept would tell my dad is like a a, a rock and roll like historian, mm-hmm. and you know an amateur rock and roll historian. But like I could put I'll put him up against anybody, and he'll and he um I remember him telling me as a young kid mm-hmm. that Jim, that's who Jimmy Hart was. He he said he, he played the song for me. Yeah. And he said, this is Jimmy Hart. And then there was a, a, a doll, like a, a stuffed animal that they sold um, on TV. It was like a commercial um, in like the late 80s. And it was like these, it was called like, dude, by memory, these things are coming back to me. Yeah, It was called Little Boppers, right? And it was like these yeah. little things, you, you press the button and it was like a stuffed animal. It would dance to music. Yeah, and one of the songs that that it, one of them danced to was that song, and my dad was like, "Oh, that's a song by Jimmy Hart." And <laughs> I, he, I remember him telling me, so yeah. that's just a little side thing. WrestleMania four was the first one that my family got on pay per view. Okay, so this was there was a kind of a build up because my grandfather on my mom's side, you mm-hmm. know, my my. My Italian side of my right. family, my Your real Sicilian Italian grandfather, yeah, Sicilian grandfather and right. my grandmother, they were convinced that wrestling was real. Okay, <laughs> there's nothing, and and I would say it's fake. And like, yeah, sure, you know, and <laughs> and um, so he wanted to, he he wanted him and my dad both were like, all right, we'll, we'll go, we'll go halves on it, and we'll get right. it at my house. So we That's- get there, and like it was a whole day thing to get this thing working because we had like a special box. Yeah. That that was on top of the TV, and we were. My, I remember my my dad on the phone talking to the operator. It's like it's not coming in yet, and it took like an hour to get this wow. thing. Like, and all of a sudden it came in. I also remember being deathly afraid of Andre the Giant, and knew <laughs> Hulk Hogan was going to right. to to wrestle him again because it was right. a rematch. Right. And I'm like, uh, I was actually like scared that he was gonna kill Hulk Hogan. Dude, I remember thinking that like Andre was going to kill him like yeah. because because it was weird because Andre from when you started liking wrestling was yeah. a good guy yeah. so then he so, became like this bad guy he and he was like, bad guy. I, I I I remember recording making my sister or my mom record for me when mm-hmm. he was on Andre and Bobby Heenan and Hulk Hogan yeah. were were all on separately at different um different time slots mm-hmm. on the on Regis and Kathy Lee and and i and i made my my mom record it for me because i was like so excited and i remember coming home from school i'm like can i watch it whatever i put it on and like andre was bad and he was with bobby heenan oh no less like you know and it was like what the hell's going on here and then you knew like you're like wait andre could actually beat hulk hogan like he might beat him yeah, like it was like I mean, a, it was like a terrifying thought. <laughs> well, because I also thought it was real too. Like I, <laughs> there was nothing in yeah, my brain that said that this was fake until I was like maybe eleven. All right, awesome. so, I knew it was fake, but I still like it. like I, I mean, kind of extent. You're a little kid. I still thought it was real. You know, like it was like uh, you knew it was fake, but it I was wasn't. a little younger than you, so yeah, it was yeah. a little more impressionable. You know, and it makes sense. Uh, and um, you know that was the first time you saw the Ultimate Warrior, um, yes. like kind of like in 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 a uh, a big match because he yeah. was he, he was going against Hercules. 
Yeah, and that was that was a great message. Both of those guys are huge. Yes, Hercules and, uh, is freaking huge, man. Yeah, and I and um, you know, uh, Warrior One, and they started to really kind of like develop his develop his character, his almost. character um, a little bit, and um, and and that was the first time that that I guess Macho Man got the the big championship. Yeah. Dude, that was and that was weird too because when Macho Man, Macho Man was the Intercontinental Champion for a long yeah. time. A couple mm-hmm. of years, actually. Mm-hmm. And he would actually, going back to the, the superstars of wrestling, yeah. he, with Miss Elizabeth, he would actually wrestle on that. Yeah, he, he was on be, that a lot. And he was the Intercontinental Champion. He was on it a lot, and he would wrestle against completely guys off the street and destroy yeah. them with the elbow off the top rope and stuff. But when he became the heavyweight champion, I think by then he had turned good, right? Because yeah, he was yeah. good for a while. And then he, he turned good, and it was like, wow, Macho Man is like... He's like the he's like the champion now, and it's like he's good, and like Hulk Hogan was cool yeah, with him. It was the first like, time like I grew up with Hulk Hogan as the champion. That's all I knew because I was only right. alive for a certain amount of years, right? Right. And right. and that's the first time I saw really the title go to a new champ, and yep. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this guy. It was weird in the beginning. It was weird, like, right? Hulk Hogan was. It was like, like and, and Hulk Hogan never wrestled anybody else. Like he wrestled his big person at the at whatever WrestleMania yeah. it was. But he was never on those shows because he was so big. So he was never on those shows. And it was always like the mid-level guys. But Macho Man would show up. and his, But then it was like, yeah, once he lost the title, it was like weird for It a was while. weird. But by the time the next WrestleMania happened, WrestleMania five, which took place at Trump Plaza in yes. Atlantic City again, um, happened. It was terrific. It was terrific. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Hogan was now going against... Uh, Savage, yes, and, and and they and the title went back to Hogan. Yes, that that right. I remember. Right. So what they did was they turned Savage was like a good guy for a little while, and then they played the angle that he was a like jealous guy, yeah, and he became Elizabeth. They became the bad guy, <laughs> and uh, and some Which of the he pro- always, I always thought he was a better bad guy. He's a he he's a great bad guy because he was uh, just he, he's he was out of control. Cool. Yeah, yeah, he's at, he was on another planet. Um, and his promos are the best. Against the blue screen, talking about this and that. Uh, my favorite promo that he ever did was called "Cream of the Crop," and right. he had he had a bunch of like little like uh, taster cups, and he's talking about being the cream of the crop, and and it's spinning around in circles, and everyone's like, "Where's he getting all these cups from?" Because he keeps taking one out, like they never ended; they were like all in his hand. Dude, so, how did he? Um, like you know what was brilliant about those things, the promo things, mm-hmm. the 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 things that were written right because. They weren't written for little kids, and then they would say, like, it was, but it wasn't. So like, here's the thing. Wrestling now, mm-hmm. all right, is so scripted yeah. that, you know, uh, character development is less on the wrestler and a little more for the company to do, right? Back then, what made you a good wrestler was how you can develop your own character and how you can actually create whatever you want to say at the promo. They would, they would tape, you know. 20- so they gave them a lot of autonomy. Of course, and that's what made you. That's how you really kind of earned your money there. If you, which if, is freaking cool, man. Because like, it, if that was me, I would have totally like had a great time with it and like yeah, promote yourself I, and trying to, you know. I could only imagine what uh, Titan Sports at the time. Titan had, Sports, yeah, had uh, as far as outtakes no, from I all that imagine. stuff. It's, oh, I mean, man. I miss I, those days, dude. Yeah, no, it was fun. I, I, I miss a lot of that, and uh, you know. Watching a lot of those promos uh, in between matches on Saturday morning, uh, and then and then you'd get the occasional interview, and it was either on the Brother Love Show, which which is um, I actually just read something about how that was created. So the yeah. guy that the guy that played Brother Love, um, he, he was friends with Vince. He was trying to get into uh, the he was around the business, right? And okay. and and he was trying to find his like gimmick. And and he would go on a lot of like away trips with 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 Vince and a few other people, and um, eventually, uh, you know, he was finding himself like in hotel rooms that didn't really have many like cable stations down south, right. and it was all these televangelists oh, guys. That's, that's so so he's looking at it, and he's like, he thought they were really funny. He's like, I think I could do this impression where I don't actually 
mention religion at all. Yeah, he never, he never mentioned. I, I just, I just keep saying it's about love. Yeah, and and, I and, love and, you. and then so he he actually like went into uh, Vince's office. No, he told Vince about his idea of creating like a like an interview uh, and using the you know like televangelist type of uh, you know uh, shtick. Yeah, like and, shtick. Yeah, and Vince was like, "All right, you know, show, I wonder if we can find somebody to do it." And he's like, "No, I I want to do it." And he's like, "Well, I don't know." And then he barged into Vince's office and just started going into the shtick, and it was making the whole office laugh. And then oh, they cool. were they were like, "All right, look, tomorrow you're we're gonna cut a promo of you just doing your thing." So they so Vince actually had the makeup artist paint his whole face red red yeah. uh and uh and he didn't really he didn't really know what the makeup artist was doing until he saw himself on on camera but he was like that's perfect because it's like as if a televangelist is like spent a little too much time putting his makeup on and being yeah, uh, very vain person yeah and uh his goal for the whole thing was to make the people behind the behind the scenes laugh and it it when you it look works. at it that way, you're like it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous and great. I um, love those things. I loved the the brother love show, Piper's Piper's, Piper's Pit, Pit. Yeah. um, the flower shop with Adrian Adonis. There was one the flower <laughs> yeah. shop with Adrian Adonis, um, who he died in a uh, an accident. Adrian Adonis, I remember when he died. He he was on. He had I guess he had maybe he had left the WWF. I don't know if he had left, but he was um touring in. He was in Vancouver, Canada. Mm-hmm. And he was on uh, like a tour, like almost like a tour bus with a couple of people, and it was like a big bus, and it it was during a snowstorm, and it went off of a cliff, Oof. and he died. And he was he was actually um, an interesting character because he was like adorable Adrian Adonis, right? Yeah. And he was like kind of they he was they kind of made him like he was gay, I guess. I don't know if he was gay, but like he was he was I guess he was, but prior to that he was like. In the early years of the WWF, mm-hmm. he was like a New York street fighter. Yeah, and he would, and on his boots would say New York, and like he was like it was like a totally different person, you know. You would see that a little more back then, whereas yeah. like they, they would go with it the changed completely, and, and then like it did it, it would like it would run its course, and they would change right. you again. So like you had Rick Martel, and then he became the model. The model. Um. Martel. Then you had like. Brutus Beefcake right, became right. Bruce the Barber, and then Mike he had like Rotundo was like, er, wasn't he Irving R. Scheister? IRS, IRS. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Irving yeah, had... R. Scheister. <laughs> uh, man, so um, you know, WrestleMania five uh, ends, and Hogan's the champ, and you're like, all right, you know, what can top this? And it builds up to where I consider kind of the end of an era, even though it did continue um, a little further. Um, to me, this was kind of the real end because they and the Hogan would, Macho Man thing. Yeah, no, meaning like Hogan's Hogan's initial run was now getting tired. All yeah, right, so so old. so WrestleMania six was a big deal because now where was that Sky Dome, Toronto, Canada, nineteen ninety. That was probably around when I started fading out. So around, that, yeah. so that was the last for me as a kid. That was the last big one um all right. i was 13 by then so it was like yeah. oh yeah and i was 10 no. so uh, you know we it, that was prime we were prime age still for this kind of stuff right but, right but um ultimate warrior they were giving them more of a push and they built this is what i loved about it back then they would build matches up for like months months at a time where, i always like, remember that like now it's like on a weekly week to week basis i right. like the, the build up for like six months to yep, the big match it, you know yep. like dude, plus dude. as a kid you you it seemed like like six months could have been like four years yeah like it was it was like it, when you're a kid and you're like and they would they would talk about it and it's like you know what i used to love i used to love when i got to a point where i was smart enough to understand when you tried to find little like somebody would be in like one of the promos right yeah and then whoever it was pick somebody right and then they would have like somebody come by or like they'd have an argument with somebody and you're like oh is that going to be a new like thing yeah. you know they get it that looks like they, they're setting that up maybe that's going to be for wrestlemania or maybe that's going to be you know like i used to start thinking about that like yeah. oh where you know i love that part of it and like sometimes the sometimes they would start to set things up and then wrestles wrestlers would just disappear 
and you never saw him again. Yeah, and it's, and it's because you know with this type of business, you know, a lot of people kind of got got fired. And, yeah, it's or, like the or, contracts are up or short, or, or they or they would yeah you know, they would they would just like think that they were going to go one way with the with the story direction, and then you know maybe a wrestler got hurt. Well. That wrestler's now out for six months. That right. storyline's over, so he disappears. Yeah, and then like, eventually he like he shows back up. Either he's back or he's like he's got like a new costume, and now he's back. Well, you uh, know when you talk about Andre, when I, when we were talking about Andre, I go back to I remember when I guess it was when he had like like a couple of knee surgeries and a back surgery or something yeah. because he was gone for I'm going to say like a year, yeah. and they did a thing where. He was gone. You didn't see Andre, and then it was like, where did he go? And then all of a sudden, they had these. They they were like, there's these big, there's this big, there's like these two big guys in Japan. Like they had mentioned it, right? And then, then there was like a uh, like one of those things, like a promo or something. And then it will, and they, they were called the machines. The machines were huge, right? Yeah. yeah. And one, and so then. My, Andre was, I guess, one of the machines, right? Yeah, he was like the third machine. Right, he was. The th- I think there was three. I think you're right. So there was yeah. three machines, and then, but but it was funny because I know, like, I remember being a kid. This is when I started piecing things together. Like, I'm like, wait, like Hulk Hogan, we hadn't seen him in a while, and then he made Urban Commando, right? <laughs> like, yeah. it was like it was Suburban Commando, suburban, was yeah. yeah. And um, Andre, I think that's when he made um princess bride princess bride and i was and i remember because it came out like a little bit like i was like oh he must have made that and that's why he was out you know but it was like you you catch up on it afterwards you know like you start to hold on one second oh sorry so yeah wrestlemania 6 was such a big deal because that was the the grand opening of sky dome in toronto oh okay okay Yeah, and and it was the you know it was like the first you know retractable roof stadium ever yes, made, and right. and it was and they built this thing up, and it had great theme music where it was building up to the matches, and it would you know they would always recap who's who is fighting who, and um right. and I couldn't wait to see Hogan Warrior, and then my parents wouldn't um, let me get the pay per view, <laughs> so um, I was uh, me and my brother I think were pretty pissed, um, but. They they said, well, you can watch it scrambled, <laughs> and yeah, I watched nice. I watched that entire pay per view. Did you really do a scrambled? Scrambled, and every once in a while, I could make out like Hogan punching somebody, uh, but like that was <laughs> like, it, and then it would be like another twenty minutes of just like fuzziness. The fuzzy, yeah, yeah. That's so, hysterical. but and then uh, and Hogan lost that match. I was like, sh- I was stunned yeah, and shocked right. again yeah. uh, because it was it, like. Uh, happening again you he's know lo- like you thought he was back and it's like now he's like now yeah. it's like is he old now like what's the deal like, yeah. see he 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 had two things going for him first i mean like he he always stayed in relatively good shape and yeah. he always looked older because he was he was bald younger okay. with the so it was so, like the platinum hair yeah so like as he got older he kind of aged into the way, the way he should kind of he would have looked, looked kind of right. like Kind of like Patrick Stewart, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, Patrick Stewart always looked old. He Hulk, right. He, but Hogan he always, yeah. yeah. Hogan always kind of looked old, but then, like, he never really got old. Now, now he looks, he's starting to starting to look his age. Well, but he also, be, what is he, 65? 60, he's got to be. He's got to be around there, yeah. But, yeah, I yeah. mean, he still looks pretty, if you compare him to to the way like he other look bad actually. other wrestlers of of his yeah day, he looks much better than that way man. better yeah. way better and uh the other thing is he's like six foot four now he lost almost four inches wow. in back surgeries wow. and, and leg surgeries where like he had like That's vertebrae crazy. fused together and so on and he, so he's not as tall as he used to be. That's crazy. Yeah, which is insane. Dude, do you have any? Um, I did you go? Did you, I'm sure you have. Did you go to any um of like the local wrestling events that would take place? Like those, you know, like really regional ones. Because I so, I did a couple of them like when I was a kid. I went I went to two. I had two wrestling experiences. One was um in the 90s. I went to um, Nassau Coliseum and I went to Monday Night Raw. All right, That's so cool. the, so that was like a, a two hour show, but really like it's like Long two way. and a two and a half hours right. uh, because you know they do some like um, some pre matches and stuff like that right. stuff that's not on TV. And then 
they sh- they did an hour, which was they had a show called Shotgun Saturday Night, and okay. so they filmed it in the same place. So I was there for like four plus hours. Wow! And I'm like I'm wrestled out. Like I'm yeah, done. it's like too like, much, right? too much. But I but the and it was fun. But the most fun I ever had was um, going to an ECW match, and that was nice. one of the the you know the local yeah um, wrestling um, you know leagues that. Uh, the way they were, they they didn't have much of a budget. So what right. they were, what they were, they were a little more extreme. Um, they they would use weapons on each other. Nice. And, and I used to would, love watching the ECW because they used to show it on ESPN. Yeah, and they There's, used to show like the matches on ECW. I used to love watching the ECW. They it was uh, so much fun. It's like these cool. You know. Those matches, a lot of those matches, uh, like were shown on Saturday nights uh, at one a.m. Um, and they were they were actually buying infomercial time, and they 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 used their program as an infomercial to get a good rate um, uh, on on showing it on a Saturday night. And um, you know, every once in a while, you would have like a commercial for it at the like after That's the fun. match because um, there was certain rules they needed to like to adhere by to, to, to for it to be an infomercial to get like a good rate for it to be on TV and. Um, and I went to one of those matches uh, that was local. It was in uh, like a little ballroom that had, you know, you could probably fit, you know, 300 people in there. And uh, they, I remember going in and patting us down. And um, we're like, why are you patting, you know, everyone down? They're like, well, we don't want anyone bringing in um, weapons. So I'm like, to, for, for wrestlers to use on each other or whatever. I'm like, All right, this, this is weird. All right. So. I'm just like 17 years old. I'm with my right. few few friends, and this guy is in. Uh, he comes in on crutches, and he's got a cast on. He sits down next to us, and uh, and he says, "Hey guys," and he looks at. It. We're like, you know, little kids, right. uh, and he's like, um, "I want to let you know this cast, it's fake." And so the first tag team that comes down, he gives them his crutches, and they broke the crutches over the other tag team that Get was drinking. And, and security was yelling at this guy that was sitting next to us. And then he, then he, like after the match, he 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 calls one of like the ring attendants over, and he's like, "Is there any way you can get me pieces of the those crutches or whatever?" And and they they were pissed that he brought them. So in. he was. So I thought you. I when you were saying it, I thought that it was like he happened to be part of the the thing. Oh, they didn't want they. So they, that actually did happen. That's yeah, why they they yeah. risked you. I mean, you yeah, yeah. Because a few times, like people bring in like a frying pan, and they would like hit, like literally try to knock each other out with like real Holy stuff. Crap. So, so um, they were trying to cut down on it. But this was um, so. Eventually, they 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 grabbed bits and pieces of um, the crutches, and the tag team came back out and came to him in our in our uh, like row, and yeah. they they autographed the the piece of the crutch for oh, him. That's awesome. And they gave it to him and they took a photo with the guy. Um, but I did see a guy get his neck broken um, and he was taken out on a stretcher because uh, s- someone tombstoned him uh, incorrectly. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he, I don't, I don't know what happened to the guy, but I, he went to the hospital and he was Holy at him. He was at, he was at, I don't think he ever wrestled again. That's uh, cra- Dude, I had a, a cool one. I mean, I was younger. I was like, they had, Monsignor Farrell High School, which is a Catholic high school in Staten Island, mm-hmm. they had like promoted on Staten Island this event. So, and it was like the WWF. It was the WWF like wrestlers or like mm-hmm. I don't think it was like their WWF was on. It might actually it was because they sold the magazine, the WWF magazine there, and it it was in their gymnasium, right? So my dad took me. I was probably ten, maybe. Yeah. Right. So we go, dude. I saw right close up. It probably fit, probably the same amount. Maybe five, four hundred people, three, four hundred people. Dude, I saw the junkyard dog wrestle Hercules. Right. Yeah. This actually was a that was the match. Junkyard the dog match. and Her- it yeah. was an awesome match. Junkyard dog and Hercules. Um, there was a guy. I saw Tito. I think Tito Santana. I saw a tag team. I think it was Tito Santana and some like. Somebody else that was not his tag team partner ever, but just like mm-hmm. for this thing. And I, it was Tio Santana. I forget who he wrestled. But I did see Junkyard Dog against Hercules, and Hercules beat Junkyard Dog, and he beat him pretty bad. Like, Junkyard Dog showed limited skills in that match, right? But then I saw, so I saw Tito Santana, and I saw there was a guy named, that, you remember talking about people who like would be in a, 
like written into something and they were gone soon afterwards. Mm-hmm. It was a guy named um he was from Australia. Um Outback Jack. His okay. name was Outback Jack. And that that was like for a very short time in that time. Like he yeah. was like on those Saturday things. Like he wasn't that good. But he yeah. was and I, I looked him up recently because I was like I wanted to see like what he was only in the WWF for like maybe a year and a half. But anyway, so he wrestled and he was like from Australia and he would come out, his gimmick was they'd play like kangaroo down that song like tiny yeah. kangaroo down and he would do this stupid dance it was i saw him but i also oh, i saw leap and lanny patho yeah that's a uh, macho, macho yeah. man's brother brother yep and yeah. i saw him at the same event and my i had a cousin who was like my like a third cousin right who i don't even i probably haven't seen since then to be perfectly honest with you mm-hmm. but he was at the event and I, me and my dad happened to see him his name is joe mm-hmm. ironically and he said you know frankie's like Leaping Lanny Poffo is at the front door because he had, I guess he wrestled like first or something. So he's like, Leaping Lanny Poffo is over by the door. If you want to go get his autograph, I'll bring you over. So actually, that was the first like famous person's autograph I've ever gotten. And it was Leaping Lanny Poffo just standing there. And he actually signed my WWF magazine that I got at the event. Uh-huh. And it was on the cover of the magazine was Matilda, the British Bulldog. Yeah. That was the cover. It was Matilda, the yeah. dog. And he signed it. And he, and I remember hearing him talk. And I was like, because he used to do like, before he was, he, he used to do those poet things, right? Because he was the genius. The, yeah. But before he was the genius, he was just leaping Lenny Papa and he used to read poetry. Like yeah. that he wrote, like that was not very good. But no. he, and he would read it and he had like a deep voice like that. Yeah. So he, um, I remember and he, I heard him talking to like an attendant standing there, and I was like, "Wait, his voice isn't that deep." Like it was just like <laughs> I remember being a little kid and wanting to hear him. Like, but he was cool. He saw my thing, and I, you yeah. know, and that was my like my big first famous person's autograph I got when when he became the genius. Yeah, for, for a was, so- like a genius thing, a, a solid like year and a half. He had a he had a good push there. It was it was brilliant because he could really piss off the crowd big time. Yes, the uh, genius. Man, there was there was a lot of those mid level guys. Yes. That, that I that, actually enjoyed those guys the most. I think, of course. So, like, if you were watching Saturday morning, I'll re- like I'll I'll just think um of a a list. Like, you always saw like the Bushwhackers. They always were not, the Bushwhackers. They were not a big tag team, but no. they were they were a fan favorite, and they were they were, they, they were always on Saturday mornings. They never won yeah. big matches. No, you always they, had you always had Coco Beware. Coco Beware, dude. Coco Beware was really on the cusp of almost being a non-entity like he was yeah he was like the first step of being like he was like one of the guys who knew he didn't even win very often but he was but he was he was like like the best part about coco beware is just maybe his entrance yes with the frankie the frankie frankie the bird right yeah i'll tell you another one was um a guy who never won all right, but he yet he was a fan favorite. It was SD Special Delivery Jones? Do you That's remember him? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like he never won, dude. He would mm-hmm. he would show like and and people would cheer him because he was like a re- like he was considered like a good guy, and he would even like once in a while show up on like a like on like the whole Culkin cartoon. Yeah. But he was he wasn't like <laughs> I w- I don't know what the what they would try to do with him. But he they even made a do- uh, like the the rubber doll out of him. Yeah, yeah. But like I remember, he never you never saw SD Jones win ever, you know. <laughs> but my favorite heel of that type of guy was Iron Mike Sharp. Do you remember Iron Mike Sharp? Not really. He was a technical wrestler, Joe. He was okay. a he was, grappler. He was a yes. He was, but he was big, okay. and he and he was he never won either. He was yeah. a heel. He was he never won, but. You always like I always rooted for him because I wanted to see him win once because it's like my and like Iron Mike Sharp and he and he'd come out and then like he'd be up against like Hercules or like like no Hercules was bad back then but I think he was like somebody like Tito Santana would fight him like that type of guy and like Tito Santana would like beat him and like he but he always showed up like he was always there he like collected a check every time <laughs> you know I love those guys those were my favorite type of guys yeah. Coco- Bear was a good one, man. Uh, Bad News Brown was... Bad News Brown, dude. Was, like, he, he was mean. He was a he, mean guy. 
I he, he was so here's the thing. I think like he was supposed to be mean, but yeah. like well, they always tried to push him to be mean. But right? he he actually looked like a nice dude. I think he that was Ed. part that yeah. was part of the funny part about it. Right. Like um, and I, there was this one match where he's going against Jake the Snake, and it was he Jake the Snake was bringing his his snake to the ring, and and uh, Bandy Brand didn't like snakes, so he went to the Bronx. And and had had got a had got a Bronx street rat um, I think that, I remember that, that he had in a box and um and like the, building up to this like there would be a promo where like he had like this box that was shaking and and he had this like the stake that he would stick into the box and he'd take it out it would just be the bones you know and, and uh and I remember that I remember that like what happened was he was like my 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 rat is gonna eat your snake after the match and like. Uh, what happened was the, eventually he lost the match. The snake got thrown on, on him, and he ran away. End. Of, end of story. Like <laughs> end of story. Yeah, but Dude, I, I, I used to. You know what? Bad News Brown. See, they always had Bad News Brown was like the typical of like they made him like the like like the angry jailed black man. Like that's <laughs> what he was. Like that's that's what it was like. So like when you look back at it now, and you're yeah. like, wow, like who, you know, like he was just got it. Like it was just there. Like, there was there were. There were a lot of things that were not very politically no, correct. I mean, it of kind stuff. of follows like if you watch if you watch um, you know like uh, comedy specials from the early eighties, yep. same kind of thing. It, it it kind of flew back then. You know, things that were edgy, where like yeah. it wouldn't even come close to actually even being said or done right. today. Right. And right now, res- wrestling was the same way. Wrestling, dude. There was um. Oh man, now I'm just gonna think of the people, man. Like I. Oh, so my high school had it. Uh, but so now it's all right. We're gonna fast forward. I know we're doing like eighty to ninety, but like this is around ninety two. Okay. Sure, yeah. So my high school had promoted an event, a wrestling event, right? Okay. So, I, and it was all over. Like they had it all over, and in the school, like you know, and it was Jimmy Snooker was the headline, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy Snooker was the headline. So, and we had just gotten a that year. They had finished a big renovation, like a ten million dollar renovation or whatever it was, of a whole new complex of sports. So we had a new football field, new baseball field, everything, mm-hmm. like brand new. So they were promoting this around the that area, like in the school and stuff. So one day, I'm actually cutting out of class at the age of fifteen, right? Mm-hmm. So which was very dumb because I really wasn't even. All I did was skip out of my class and go to the lunch period that was going on with my <laughs> friends, right? So I go to the lunch period with my friend, and we're sitting kind of outside. Like, you'd go to the lunchroom, and then you'd go out, and, like, you could get something to eat, and then you just go out, and they let you stay outside. So we'd hang out outside. Everybody would hang out there. And me and my friend are sitting there, my friend Mike, and we're sitting there. And, and then, like, with these two other people, and I look over. And I see, like, in the, like, walking on the football field, and I'm like, his, his, his name is Mason, so he used to call Mason. I'm like, Mason, that's Jimmy Snooker over there. And he's like, no, it isn't. I said, dude, that is Jimmy Superfly Snooker over there. He's like, why would Jimmy Superfly Snooker be here right now? It's like 11 o'clock on a Tuesday at our school. I said, because they're promoting something. He's like, yeah, I seen the wrestling thing. I said, he, and I think it was like, I'm going to say it was like a Wednesday or something. Or Thursday. And I think the thing was taking place on, like, Friday night. All right? So there's Jimmy Snooker walking in the distance. Okay? So I said, I'm going to go get his autograph. And my friend's like, dude, if that's Jimmy Snooker, he's like, there's no way. So I'm walking over. Dude, I'm getting closer, dude. There's a Hawaiian shirt. Like, it's like the Jimmy Snooker of, like, 1985, bro. Like, mm-hmm. he, But it's now 1992 or 1983. He was, still, he was still huge. He was huge. Right. And there's a guy walking with him and it's the head of our athletic department. Right. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Blank, I think. He's, so it, so he's pro- so what he was doing was showing him where the event's going to take place, mm-hmm. which is what I assume. So I see Jimmy Snooker. I go up to him and I said, um, me and this other kid also noticed that it was Jimmy Snooker. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, hey, Jimmy. And he, I swear to God, dude, his response to me was this. Ugh. Ugh. Just like that, I mean, he didn't speak a word. It was like, it sounded like an like a like a, a like some kind of alien, right? So, uh, so I I said, would you? Can I get your autograph? So he sure up. He nods his head, right? He takes my 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 notebook that I had mm-hmm. and writes, "Love Jimmy Snooker." That's what he wrote. <laughs> Love Jimmy Snooker, right? So then I looked up. I said, "Oh, thanks so much, Jimmy." I shake his hand, and he looks back at me, and he 
signs the thing. He goes, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and I walk away, shake his hand. Okay. So then now I have, and I had it for years, dude. I, I, I wish I still had it. I had the piece of paper, love Jimmy Snooker. That's all he wrote, love Jimmy <laughs> Snooker. <laughs> dude, this guy, so as I got closer to him, right, he was still wearing a Hawaiian, he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt, just like he always wore. Yeah. And yet he looked like a man who, I guess we realized later on in life that he had already murdered somebody, <laughs> but he looked like a man who was definitely not in his his right state of mind. Yeah. Right. And he was like, he looked, his face looked like had had years on it. His oh, body. Oh, yeah. He was in still, I would say he was, I mean, for his age and stuff and all the. At the beginning the, of the nineties, he was still like physically yeah, huge, he, he, but, but he was starting to, starting to get, you know, you, you could say um, he was starting to age a bit Yeah, he, and his face aged early on. That's what it was. His face was like, he had wrinkles and stuff, but it was him, man. Yeah. And, he never, I mean, he, I was like this, but it was so funny. He wrote, love Jimmy Snooker. But he definitely looked like beat up, dude. I mean, and then, of course, we, all this stuff came out about yeah, what yeah. I've done, which is insane. But but I guess before we wrap this up, mm-hmm. uh, there was one one thing that happened uh, probably, I think, 88, 89, um, that was one of the biggest wrestling disappointments um, that I remember. And it was the... Sur- first sur- uh survivor series survivor series all right so survivor series started becoming a thing uh that happened on thanksgiving and the right. first the first one for um i don't know maybe like eight weeks uh e- every time you saw superstars of wrestling any wrestling thing that you watched you they saw this about it. they talked about it and you saw this giant egg that was always like in the background okay um and and they were always saying, "We think the egg is going to hatch at Survivor Series." And um, oh, that's right. And 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 everyone's like, "What do you th- what do you think is inside the egg?" And this was this question went on for, that, for, dude, that, for a long oh, time. Yes, yes. So I, I remember telling my my parents, "Oh, can we get the Survivor Series?" And like they're like, "All right, fine." So they got that pay per view for me and my brother, and uh, so we're watching it, and um, and. The whole pay per view finishes, and it was a good one. I mean, it was pretty predictable. You know, your Hogan and your main guys, you know, won the whole shebang. And at the end, we're like, that egg is always to the side of the ring, and we're like, when? What are they gonna do with this? And then all of a sudden, like, you know, some smoke came up, and it, <laughs> things things start shaking. There's some sound effects, and they're like, you know, he Bobby Heenan's like, I think the egg is hatching, and. and we're like, I wonder what's in there. And then, <laughs> then the egg hatches, and it was just some guy in a chicken suit. Chicken suit. <laughs> uh, his name was the Gobbly Gooker, and, <laughs> and he he ran around the ring dancing, and everyone in in the audience was booing and throwing Ew. stuff at him. Dude, and that they, was. <laughs> <laughs> you never saw that again. That was quickly. Uh, I wonder who thought about that in their like their meetings. Like yeah. you know, like who thought that was going to be a good idea? Yeah, it was probably just to get the little kids to watch till the end, like you know, or something. Yeah. Uh, what a disappointment. But that was. I actually enjoyed Survivor Series back then. I liked. Yeah. I liked those. You know, those were pretty cool. I remember like. I, I remember the first one. That's the one I remember the most. Like, yeah, I think I, that was that was the one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I like one of the first SummerSlam was always good. Yeah. Um, the first few I thought were really good. That Survivor Series was good. Um, I like the idea of like, uh, you know, maybe like you got like WrestleMania is your big event, and maybe you have two other ones. Yeah. Uh, and and you had the Royal Rumble. Rumble. Yeah, so maybe Royal like Rumble. if you break break the year in quarters, yeah. I like every quarter you build up to a big thing, and then then you get to start new storylines after. Yeah. And yeah. then I I feel like. Um, they kind of got into to trouble in a way. Like in the '90s, they started having pay per views every month, where yeah. it, it it lessens the uh, excitement to uh, getting yeah. to the big event. It's, it's over. It was too much. It was too you know pe- too much, too yeah. much. But it was uh, it was something I, I loved as a kid. It, it's a uh, it it evolved with us too, because once you get to the '90s, they mm-hmm. had to grow up too. Yeah, and and they they kind of made it. A little more. Really, adult, I mean, it's really, and, think about how smart it was. Like the yeah. the game plan, like what they fought, the way they they followed that. Like, yeah, it's. It, I mean, I never even really thought about that. That they. I mean, I remember looking at it as like a kids thing when I was a kid. 
Yeah. But, but when they we actually were... kind of grew up with people. Yeah. yeah. And they, 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 their characters grew with that, which is yeah. freaking brilliant. I mean... It is. And they, right now we're kind of in a like a reboot stage. Mm. Uh, I don't follow it the way I used to. Yeah, I don't follow it. I don't follow it at all. But, but it's, um, it was kind of reset after a while to become more of like a PG type of thing. And, um, to get, to get the, the, the younger, because the younger audience, they needed to develop that again to actually make it more adult in another six years, you know, five years. Right. Right. Um, and it makes sense. Uh, but, all right, thanks a lot, right, Frank. Uh, I'll All speak right. to you later, man. All right, bye. Bye, bye.